You're listening to Points Talk with the Travel Mom Squad, previously known as the Travel Hacking Mom Show. Follow the links in the show notes to stay up to date with what the Travel Mom Squad has been up to. Sometimes rather than redeeming points and miles for flights, some of us may feel like redeeming them for a good old-fashioned American road trip. Listen up as Jess discusses her recent road trip to Chicago and how she utilized points along the way. We'll also discuss some of our favorite things to do in Chicago and some helpful road trip tips. Welcome to the Travel Hacking Mom Show. We are three moms who've discovered how to leverage credit card welcome offers to get hundreds of thousands of dollars in travel expenses for nearly free. We've used credit card points and miles to take vacations to places like Hawaii, Paris, Greece, the Maldives, Italy, and so much more. And the best part? We each still have an 800 plus credit score. Imagine being able to book a vacation without having to check your bank account. It's totally possible and we're here to show you how. Hey, I'm Alex. And I'm Pam, Alex's mom. And I'm Jess. We are travel hacking moms. So Jess recently returned from a road trip from Houston to Chicago. So we thought it would be fun to recap how she used points to save on hotels along the way. And then we'll go over some road tips for families. And I just want to start this off by saying I hate road trips. You won't find me doing a road trip. So Jess, more power to you doing this. Alex only lives seven hours away from me. I won't even do a road trip to visit her. And my husband always says, why don't we just drive? By the time we drive to Denver and we wait for our plane and we fly there, we could have already driven there. And I'm like, nope, not going to happen. I want to go to my lounge and I want to be able to not feel cursed. I want to be able to work on the plane. I like my airport trip. So it's not going to happen for me. Well, and when you said you were going on this trip, this road trip, I was like, what? This does not sound like Jess. I cannot believe she's driving. What did you say? It was like, is it about 16 hours from Houston to Chicago? It's 16 hours like if you were to not stop at all, yeah. which obviously is not realistic. Yeah. So. so I was just like, what? Wait, this doesn't, it doesn't sound like Jess. I was a little surprised to say the least. Yeah, my my days of doing that are done. They were done once I got older. And now that we travel hack and I can afford to fly for free, never going to happen again. Yeah, they, Pam, there were no lounges along my route (laughs) that I stopped at. Um, There were no free snacks anywhere. So, yeah, it's definitely an adventure. I married someone who loves road trips. And so... I try to go along with it every once in a while, Um, but we thought it would make for a good podcast episode because not everyone wants to spend their points and miles on flights. Some people like to drive. For some destinations, maybe it's more convenient to drive because there isn't an airport or a major airport where you're going. So we thought it'd be kind of fun to show how I utilized my points along the way to stay in hotels. And Alex and I are going to give some road trip tips for families. Obviously, Pam will not be chiming in on the road trip tips portion of the episode. Well, and I was thinking, too, like there's people out there who might be thinking, well, like travel hacking doesn't really make sense for me because I don't like to fly. Maybe they have a fear of flying. They prefer to drive. And so they're thinking, you know, I don't really need to do all of this. But literally, if you stay in one hotel a night a year, you should be getting that one hotel a night for your for free. So travel hacking works so well, even if you never set your foot in a plane. 
Exactly. So, like I said, we drove from Houston to Chicago without stops. It's about 16 hours. So, obviously, we stopped overnight both ways, coming and going. When my husband first brought up the idea of driving to Chicago, I was like, oh, are you serious? We have done this drive before. But ever since I started earning so many points and miles, obviously, my preference has been to fly. Because I'm like, if we can fly, I'd rather just fly. He likes having our car there. He, you know, and so I was like, okay, let's make a deal. We can drive to Chicago, but on the way, we're going to stop in Memphis overnight so that we can stay at the Caption Hotel because it is the only caption in the entire world that's currently open. And it is a Hyatt brand that I wanted to get. I had nine nights on my Hyatt brand Explorer and I needed one more night at a new brand to get my free night. For those of you who don't know, we like to refer to this as Hyatt Bingo. Basically, Hyatt has a thing where for every five Hyatt brands, five unique different brands you stay at, you get a free night with them. So like Hyatt Place is a brand. Hyatt House is a brand. Hyatt Centric is a brand. Anyways, you get the idea. They have a ton of different brands. I was at nine nights. I needed one more night. So I was like, we can drive to Chicago, but we have to stay at the Caption Hotel in Memphis. And my husband's like, uh, okay, whatever. Is this like right along the way too? Or did you have to like drive? No, no, no. It's on the way-ish. So we stayed at the Caption Memphis. It is a category three hotel. So we used 12,000 Hyatt points to stay there. And I got... Like the day after we checked out, I got my free Hyatt night. So it was totally worth it. Um, the hotel itself is kind of quirky. I said that it reminded me of like a really nice college dorm room. Like it's very, it's very Gen Z. That sounds like something you would love, Jess. <laughs> That's when I was thinking yeah, too. I mean, Alex. it. It was fine for a night. I don't know that like if I, if Memphis were my final destination, I don't know that that would be my first choice but it was definitely unique um and quirky and so for a night it was fine but then and we were literally only there for like 12 hours and then we got up the next morning and early and started making our way to chicago so in chicago we normally stay in the suburb my husband's from chicago so we normally stay in the suburbs near family at a hyatt place that is not very great. And I was like, you know what? We have, I was like, you know what? We have points. We have a ton of points right now. I need to cash out some of these points and we can stay downtown Chicago, do some like touristy things. We have global status so we can get free parking, even though we have our car with us. So he was like, all right, that's all good. So, but there are a ton of Hyatts in Chicago. So I had a very hard time narrowing down which one to stay at. But have you guys stayed downtown in any of the Hyatts previous to this trip? Or was this your first time like staying in a Hyatt I downtown? I don't think I've stayed downtown since I started travel hacking. I have, Chicago is one of my favorite cities. I have been like, even before I married someone who's from Chicago, I had been to Chicago a handful of times. And so I've definitely stayed downtown when I went with like friends one year, but it was pre-travel hacking. We paid, like we just split the cash rate between four of us. So I don't think I have stayed downtown in a nice hotel since I started travel hacking. So it was kind of a treat to be able to stay downtown and not at the Hyatt place in the Burbs. 
So we did four nights at the Thompson. That's the one I settled on. I love the Thompson brand. I just love the vibe of a Thompson. And the Thompson Chicago is a category four, which I don't understand because I've stayed like I stayed at the Thompson San Antonio and that was a category five. They are opening a Thompson in Houston this year and it's also a category five. And I'm like, how is the Thompson Chicago a category four? But I'm not going to question it. Is it newer or is has it been around for a little bit? No, it's I don't know when it opened. It's not like it's. It didn't strike me as like being old though. Like I don't know how old it is, but it's it's not like you walk in and you're like, oh, this feels dated. Like it didn't feel dated. Yeah. Cause sometimes I feel like when a newer hotel comes out, sometimes Hyatt will like start it lower and then like bump it up. But your one in Houston's starting at a five. Yeah. So and why this makes a difference is with Hyatt, there are certain ways that you can earn, there are lots of ways you can earn category one to four free night certificates. So we actually used four free night certificates to pay for this stay. Um, it's a category four. So if you were going to use points, it would be 15,000 points a night for standard award nights. The cool thing is two of the free night awards I earned and two my husband earned, but we were able to combine them into one stay. So how you do that is you can just, I used my Hyatt concierge to do it, but I know not everyone has access to a Hyatt concierge. So if you don't, what you can do is you have to wait until you're ready to actually book your stay, but you just call Hyatt up and you say, I want to gift, like my husband would have called and said, I want to gift my two free night awards to my wife and here's where we want to use them. And they can just book it over the phone, combining those free night certificates into one reservation. So it's super easy to do. And that way you don't have to like make two separate reservations and worry about having to like check out and recheck back in or anything like that. It's like just super easy all under one reservation. Hey, Jess, I have a huge question. Is it not a Park Hyatt in Chicago? No, there is. Okay, so there is a Park Hyatt in Chicago. Because you're the Park Hyatt girl. I know, and Park Hyatt. So Park Hyatt is my favorite. Thompson is my second favorite. But we had all these free night certificates. And yeah. I was like, I feel like we should use them. I feel like a Category 4 Thompson is a steal. So I need to, like, take advantage of this. We actually walked by the Park Hyatt. And Molly was like, oh, Mom, there's a Park Hyatt. Let's see the Park Hyatt. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I got to take, take a picture in front of it. But Did you walk inside the lobby or no? No, we didn't. It was, like, late oh, at night okay. when, we walked, when, we, when we were walking by. Um, so the Park Hyatt's 25,000 points a night. So it would so have been, like, 100,000 points. It would have been 100,000 points versus four free night certificates that we already had. Yeah. So you didn't have to do That's the best part. Like, that's the best is not having to dip into your points. You really, right. you can't beat that. And those free nights expire, yeah. you know? So I was like, this is the perfect use of them. Like, I have a use for them. And so, um, and the way we got those is my husband and I each got one from just having the personal Hyatt credit card. I got one from hitting 30 elite nights. It's like a milestone reward if you hit 30 elite nights with Hyatt in a calendar year. And then he spent $15,000 on his personal Hyatt card and he got one from that. I have a blog post about that, by the way, that I will link in the show notes about how he got those two free nights. So that's how we got our four free nights. The cash rate of the room, of the standard room, was like three or $400 a night. So that's a pretty 
you know, for a $95 annual fee card, that's a pretty good redemption for those um, certificates. The other Hyatts that we considered were the Hyatt-centric Magnificent Mile. This one has a pool. If if you want, it's an indoor pool. It's also a Category 4, so it's 15,000 points a night. It has two queen beds. The Thompson has two doubles. The standard room has two doubles. I know that we've said, like, that can be a deal breaker sometimes for people. So is that what you booked then? Did you have two doubles and did you and Molly share a bed? So we had two doubles. The So the night we checked in, the hotel was completely sold out because Beyonce was performing in Chicago. So we got just our regular two double room. And then I slept with Molly in the bed and she was up in my grill all night, kicking me, elbowing me. And I was like, this is not going to work. No, that's terrible. I had to do the same thing with my oldest. He was 10 at the time in Washington, D.C. at that Grand Hyatt. It's it's not as less than ideal to share a double bed with your child. But then the next day I texted them and I was like, hey, I noticed that there are suites available now. Is there any way that you could move us into a suite? And they said yes. So we moved into a suite. We got a king bed with a rollaway. I do think a family of four could fit. They had a couch in there too, though. So like, yeah, we was so what, not a sofa bed, but like just a couch. Yeah, it wasn't a okay. sofa bed. It was just a couch. But like you could make it work if you wanted. Oh, for sure. Um, For a little kid. Yeah, for a little kid. So the the three, the last three nights were much more pleasant because we had more space. I wasn't sharing a bed with a crazy 10 year old. And it was just much more pleasant at that point. So Hyatt-centric Magnificent Mile is one that we considered. That one has two queen beds. Category four, it is closer, obviously, as the name suggests, to the Magnificent Mile. That is not my favorite area to stay in because it's super touristy. It's kind of like the equivalent of staying in Times Square in New York. You know, there's just it's just a very crowded area. I loved the location of the Thompson. It's in the Gold Coast area, so like a little bit more removed from the major tourist attractions, but still within walking distance. So I really liked the location of the Thompson. The other option that would be great for people who have larger families or who want free breakfast is the Hyatt Place Chicago downtown. That one also, that one has room, standard rooms with two queen beds and a sofa bed. So I have a feeling that if Alex were to go to Chicago with her family of six, that that is probably where they would stay. That one is also a category four at 15,000 points a night. And that one you get, as Pam would say, you get free breakfasts for everyone, regardless of status. So everyone at the Hyatt Place gets free breakfast. And Pam has got to do a disclaimer. On paper, I know that the plural of breakfast is breakfast. I have no idea why I always say breakfasts. I had no clue I did until some listeners pointed it out to me. And I am so sorry if every time I say breakfasts, it's like somebody put their fingernails on a blackboard. And I will try to say breakfast, but I have a feeling that I'll probably be more unsuccessful than successful. So just know it's just an idiosyncrasy of Pam and just laugh whenever I say breakfasts. I but 
I think it's cute. I enjoy it, but. <laughs> well, I know that you were saying it and I was like, she says this all the time. Like if I started second guessing myself because my mom, if you play her in a game of Scrabble, if you play any of those Wordle, any of those things, she's amazingly good at all of those games. I'm smart. Believe she's extremely wrong. smart. I was like, I swear that is not right. But I didn't want to correct her. And sometimes like, I didn't want to be that annoying person be like, mom. So I was like, whatever, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> and I also was waiting for you just to correct her because Jess is like, she corrects us on our editing. She like is the editor of the group, but she never did. So, so sorry, everybody. It's I'm really sorry, but it's probably going to cut me. No, it's I like it. It's it gives you character, Pam. And so I am totally on board if you continue to say it. You can't be uh, perfect at everything. <laughs> Alex, which would you choose though? Like, do you think that you well, would I don't know? Like it's, it depends. Like at that high up place is like old and run down. I mean, it's a category four and it's okay. downtown. I don't I don't think it's run down at all, but like I think obviously if you have a big family. The yeah, place makes sense. Especially too, if I wasn't globalist, I would for sure stay there because, like, with globalist, you get free breakfast. Without globalist, I'd be like, oh, we need to have free breakfast, so I'm gonna go to Hyatt Place. So, I mean, yeah, if I was taking my family to six, I'd probably stay there. The I don't, I don't think the Thompsons gonna bring in two rollaways for us, mm-hmm. and we would, we we would not, we would have, we could not stay in two double beds with my family of six. That's just not gonna happen. We'd have to book two rooms, like a king room, and then the double room and, like, get connecting rooms. Yeah. So it would just would make way more sense for us to do Hyatt Place. So those are just some options. And obviously, as, as we mentioned, the Park Hyatt, if you're looking for, like, ultra luxury and don't mind spending 25,000 points a night, that one got the best reviews of any of them in the Hyatt Globalist group. But, you know, kind of just depends on what you're going for. And then on the way home... We stayed in Little Rock and there are no Hyatts in Little Rock, which was a very sad realization for me. But I realized that my husband hadn't used his $50 annual hotel credit that comes with the Chase Sapphire Preferred. You get those every year. They don't roll over. So you kind of like have a year to it's like use it or lose it in that year. So he had his $50 credit. Uh, you have to book through the Chase travel portal to redeem that. So I booked us at a random Best Western in Little Rock, and it was $100. And then we got the $50 credit. So we ended up spending around $50 out of pocket. This hotel was nothing to write home about, but it was a place to sleep. And all was well. We had It had two queen beds, so I did have to get smothered by my child. After seeing the pictures, it makes more sense now. The picture of the pool, anyway. The room actually looked okay. But $100 a night for a hotel? I don't even know that was possible anymore. I think mainly it's probably because you were in the in the South and it's a little bit cheaper because it's like, whoa. Well, like, were you just kind of, yeah. I guess you weren't in the middle of nowhere. You were in Little Rock. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it was like a, it was like the best Western airport, Little Rock. Airport. Oh, they're usually cheaper um, in the airport. But it was not like downtown Little Rock. It was it was really just like a place to sleep, basically. Um, So it did the trick. Yeah. And nice to be able to use that credit because like sometimes I forget that I have that. I do, yeah. too. And I'm not like 
I'm typically going to be like booking a Hyatt. If there's not a Hyatt, I'll book a Marriott or use my Marriott free night certificate. So that's just a good reminder even for me to be like, okay, I have that credit. I got to like make sure I use it because those are like the perfect times for you to use those. And same like for me, it's like when I'm traveling for my kids sports, that's like a really good time for me to take advantage of that credit as well, because there's not always a Hyatt, the places that we're going to. I feel like road trips are the best time to use them because you often are stopping in like smaller towns that don't have all the major brands. And so it's a nice time. And those smaller towns typically have cheaper hotels. And so it's kind of like a win-win because you're getting the $50 off and it's not that expensive to begin with. So do you know why you just reminded me my my, um, son has a soccer tournament coming up a little later and I need to book a hotel night and typically like some of the kids on the team will stay at a certain place but we usually don't stay there and not everybody stays together but maybe like a little like three or four of them will maybe be at the same hotel we're not usually there because we have points and so where they're staying isn't like where I have points to so maybe I'll book an book like a couple of our nights with mine and my husband's $50 credit I'm gonna look into that as soon as we're done recording this episode because he's always like, oh, that would be fun to stay with him. I'm like, I know. But like, usually the place we're staying at is a little nicer and it's free. So I'm like, I don't really want to spend money to stay at like a place that's not as nice as the place we can get for free with our points or free night certificates. Come on, Alex. Splurge and pay a little bit out of pocket to stay at a less nice hotel so that your kids can stay with their friends on the team. I know. I know. No, I'm going to maybe look into doing that for this next one. But the Best Western definitely made me thankful for points and miles because I was like, it's so nice that this is just like a one off. And I know that like next time I'm just going to be redeeming my points. Like it's weird to me that I stayed at the Thompson Chicago for less than I stayed at the Best Western Little Rock Airport. You know, like it just like put things in perspective, like. Wow. My most expensive hotel on this trip was the Best Western Little Rock Airport. Um, That's crazy. Okay. So really quickly, I just wanted to go over some things that we did, like some family-friendly things that we did in Chicago that I really enjoy. We didn't do all of these this trip, but since my husband's from there, we have been to Chicago quite a bit and done a lot of these things. So Millennium Park is really fun. It is where the Bean is. If you even if you haven't been to Chicago, I assume you've seen or heard of the Bean. It is a free thing to do. Same with Navy Pier, another like fun little area to walk around. It's free. They have I don't think they have like rides. I don't think those are free, but just a kind of fun area to walk around. Shed Aquarium is an amazing aquarium in Chicago. They have amazing aquariums and museums in Chicago like there are so you could spend a week there and like not do everything so Shad Aquarium we did the Museum of Science and Industry this past visit and it is so fun like I would go there just as an adult like without even taking kids like I had a good time but um that was was, the slime museum was no that's a different one okay that's was kind of crazy yeah so the museum of science and industry is more um it's like i'm trying to think of so there's like trains there's like a train section there's a human body section 
there's like how tornadoes and like landslides are formed. Like it's it's really cool though. So, so I'm thinking because you said, you know, I would even do it just you, like kids of all ages, they would probably really enjoy this. Yeah, for sure. Nice. I feel like there's something for kids of all ages. Molly's 10 and she loved it. And like there's stuff for younger kids to do. There's stuff for older kids. So I feel like it's good for anyone. The Field Museum, which is not named after me, unfortunately, because <laughs> if it were, I'd probably have a lot of money. Um, the Field Museum is a really good one. That's like the famous one with like the dinosaurs. Um, that's a great one. Adler Planetarium is amazing. That one's even good for really young, really young kids, but amazing. As Pam said, we went to the Slumu Institute. This was our first time at the Slumu Institute, and it is a slime museum basically i was horrified by it because if i saw your pictures and i was like even before you brought up the germaphobe in you i was like oh my gosh all these kids are sticking their hands in this slime it yeah it kind of grossed me out <laughs> yeah so my daughter is obsessed with slime and we got this ad for the Slumu Museum and she saw it and she was like, oh my gosh, we have to go there. So it's basically just a ton of containers of different slime that people can go up and like put their hands in and play with the slime. And you're supposed to, they have like little wet wipes all around that you're supposed to like sanitize your hands before you move on to the next one. And no one was doing that. <laughs> so it's sort of funny though, because I was like, after the pandemic, I'm surprised this is even allowed. Um, but yeah, so it's basically just a ton of vats of different types and colors of slime that people can go up and put their hands in. And my husband and I did not put our hands in any of them, but our daughter had an amazing time and it was worth the price of admission for like a couple of hours of entertainment and I didn't have to clean up the slime. And so it was totally worth it. At the end, you get to make your own slime. You get to choose like the color and the scent and the texture. And so she, she was like all about so it was a great way to spend a morning in Chicago. And then the Starbucks roastery, of course. Y'all know I'm going to say that. I love the Starbucks roastery in Chicago. It's like five stories high and you can have coffee. We went in the evening one night and we had espresso martinis that were really good. I know that y'all don't drink coffee or alcohol, so probably not going to be on your list of things to do. But Anyone else who's listening that does drink coffee or alcohol, it is a very fun place to visit. It gets crowded in the morning. The line is usually out the door and around the corner. If you go in the evening like we did, you will not have to wait. Um, it just depends on if you're comfortable drinking coffee at night. But yeah, so I always go to the Starbucks Roastery every single trip. I didn't know. Do y'all have anything to add? I wasn't sure how. I've only been to Chicago once. And I don't even hardly remember it. Do you remember, Mom? My sister used to live in Iowa. Right. And we went and we drove up there. We went and we saw Wicked. We maybe went to a zoo. Yes, I've been to the zoo and it's a really good zoo. Oh, Lincoln Park. Is there a place called Lincoln Park? There's a Lincoln Park Zoo. Yes. That's maybe where we went. Yeah. And it's a really good zoo. And I've been to Navy Pier and I've seen the bean. I think that's about it that I can remember. Because we were mainly, yeah. Yeah, the zoo is another good one. It was a little bit, it was a little hot when we were there. So we didn't, we stuck to the more indoorsy stuff this time. But there's Lincoln Park Zoo and there's Brookfield Zoo. And both of those are great options too. 
So I just love, I just love Chicago. Um, if it you... sounds like my mom and I should probably go back to Chicago since we're like, uh, I don't know. What did we do? And you don't refresh. One of the things I love about it is it's super easy to navigate either by walking or with public transportation. So obviously we had our car because it was a road trip. But if we were to fly into Chicago, we would not need to rent a car. Like you can stay downtown and do all the fun touristy things without having a car. Now, parking can be super expensive downtown. So save your money. Don't rent a car. Don't pay for parking and just use the public transportation, which is super easy. So, Alex, speaking of road trips, I know you haven't taken a road trip to Chicago, but we have not. But we do take one every summer to go visit my mom. So we actually just got back last month. We did that trip. Um, Okay, so when we started talking about this episode, Jess was like, oh, share your road trip tips for families. And I'm like, putting a movie on in my car. Like, and I know, like, so basically I'm not above, you know, I'm not too good for putting just a screen on to keep my kids entertained. So if you're that way, there is no judgment here from Travel Hacking Mom for handing your kids a screen. Um, but, you know, like my youngest, he's he'll be three soon. But, you know, last summer, like he wasn't, he couldn't manage a screen, you know. And so some things that work well for him are if you have a child with a binky multiple multiple binkies because one gets thrown down and you're driving and you're like oh how am I going to pick up this other binky so I would have like four in the car so I could just hand him the next one when he lost one or you could just you know use one of those attacher things but my kids like he get to the point where he just would take the attacher off there's a better name for that I don't know what it is so calling it the attacher um when they got a little older, like those magic ink coloring, you know, where it's like one pen and you color on the paper and it just colors it all in for you. Love those so they don't have the mess. Window clings are a great option to have too. And these are actually all of these things I brought on flights with us too when he's, well, he's getting easier and easier. But like we've brought all of these things on flights too and they're really helpful. Board books, like a new board book too where he could just like flip through another thing that worked really good for all of my kids are those little kids laptops they're like from leapfrog and he would just like sit there with that on his lap and just like punch away at it for a very long time i mean he doesn't know what he's typing but he's just no idea he's typing but it's making noises so he's happy um it might drive you nuts a little bit after a while but you know, anything that keeps them from fighting with each other or yelling to get out of the car because he will keep sometimes we'll get to that point where he's like, I want out. I want out. Lots and lots of snacks for sure. Like more snacks than you can imagine. <laughs> so what about you, Jess? I mean, you guys really did the big road trip. Um, So one thing that we do that I find helps a ton is we we actually forgot it this time, but you know those like collapsible hampers that you can find we like bringing those or you can use a a garbage bag or even hotels have like the little laundry bags in the closet we use those and we just throw our dirty clothes into those bags because that way you don't have to repack them you know like you're not yeah just gets lighter and lighter as the week goes on because 
more of your clothes are ending up in the laundry. And like, obviously, that's not practical when you're flying because you can't just bring like a zipper <laughs> on the plane. bag. <laughs> yeah, or a garbage bag full of dirty clothes on the plane. But when you're driving and you can just throw it in the car, then to me, it just makes so much more sense to like have a dedicated space where you're putting all your dirty clothes and then you have more room in your luggage for when you're trying to repack everything. So that is a big tip and one that we use a lot. Another thing is I always feel the need to like go get a car wash before a road trip because I'm like, I want the car to be clean. And then my husband is like, why would we do that? It's just going to get dirty. Like in an hour, there's going to be dead bugs all over the front of it. So I've started to wait until we get home and then go get like a really nice car wash and not really worry about the car being super clean when it starts out. Um, And then if you have older kids, so Molly's 10, we downloaded an app for her called Spot the State and it's and it allows you to collect license plates from different states that you see along the way. And so it was something that kind of kept her entertained and you know she got excited whenever a new car would drive by and she'd be like oh north carolina we don't have that state yet and then she'd like go into her app and log that she saw a license plate from north carolina so spot the state i will link it in the show notes it's a free app and it's just a way to keep like older kids a little bit more entertained and engaged but like alex said we have like no screen time limits when it comes to road trips and it's just like if everyone's happy and getting along, then it's fine. Alex, do you remember the game that we used to always play when we would do road trips? We would play that A to Z game. So some would be A and you try to find um, a sign that began, that had the, the word, that, a word that began with the letter A. And then you go B and you go, and that was a huge game that we played. Yeah, we do remember games like that really now. Hard. Yeah, we it is hard when you're like stuck in literally in the middle of the nowhere and you're like, when's another sign coming up? But we have do games like that still and we'll do like 20 questions and you know, usually do we'll do animals, pick an animal and try to guess it. Or like I spy, you know, simple things like that, which are like totally like cliche and obvious things to do. But so like my kids still really like it, even like now that my oldest is eleven, like and it's just nice because everybody can be involved and it's a good break from, you know, watching a movie. Exactly. Well, Jess, it sounds like you guys had a good time and I'm not going to be going on a road trip anytime soon, but I can certainly see why it's important for people who don't want to fly to know how you can use points and miles for your for other things. And so I think this has been a, a really interesting podcast today. And as you can see, points and miles aren't just for luxury trips around the world. Sometimes they can save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars on a road trip across the country. Whatever your goals when it comes to travel hacking, points and miles can get you there. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to share it with your friends and family. And if you'd leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to the Travel Hacking Mom Show. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button from wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. Want to start jet setting even faster? Follow the links in the show notes to learn about everything we discussed in today's episode. 
And to stay connected and follow along, follow us on Instagram at Travel Hacking Mom. We can't wait to see where in the world points and miles take you. 